This is episode 10 of the Ask Dad Labs podcast, recorded on May 6th, 2021. It's simple. You ask questions and dads answer. When we need actual answers, we do find the experts. Today, from Louisville, Kentucky, we have Nick. And he has two kids who are ages 6 and 13. And from Austin, Texas, we have Clay. And he has three kids. One's in high school, one's in college, and one is in the Coast Guard. And I'm Ben. I'm in the Detroit River, just south of Detroit, Michigan. My boys are 11 and 13. And joining us today is an expert. We have Paige Henkla from the Play Think Festival. Now let's get to the show. You know, guys, I was um, I was looking for some more work because I'm down to one day a week at the at the museum, and I, I just wanted a little more spending money. So mm-hmm. I, I went down to the dairy farm. Mm-hmm. And I, I put in to, to work a couple days a week because they needed some extra help. Because people are eating a lot of cheese these days. Mm-hmm. And uh, after one shift, they, they said, don't come back. It turns out I don't work well with udders. Wow, that was a, that was the cream of the crop there. You really thought, <sighs> hmm. Yeah. It, you, really, you really skimmed the best off the top, didn't you? <laughs> you didn't think it was too cheesy? Nick's a coward to talk about this. Yeah. I'm just I. Yeah. I don't have any good it's, or equally bad comebacks. Yeah, I would say that you know we've done ten episodes now, and I was kind of hoping the jokes might get better as we went along, but I I'm I'm not really feeling that trend. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so let me steer this another way. All right. So we we got we got a letter from a listener. So let me let me just read it. This is the the first the first part of it. It's, he actually wrote twice, and he he seems to have some urgent things here. So let's let's get mm. into this. So uh, he says, "Dear Dad Labs, I have questions about." Two topics. My name is um, um, Brent, and I live on an island in the um, close to Canada. And the first question is about sleep deprivation. See, my family got a puppy last week. Sometimes, you know, that's interesting because I got a puppy last week. Yeah, that's yeah, um, that so. Oh no, he says not last week. Some time ago is what he says. I see. Oh. And he says he was chosen as tribute to stay up with her. My dog's a, a girl too, but but and and he's suffering. Um, he has two kids, but they're a mm. tween and a teen. Yeah, um, this is this is really and he, and okay. uh, I don't remember how I survived those sleepless nights. I'm assuming I did. Can you help? Yeah. Well, Ben, That's, I mean, know, the parallels the parallels are really there. Yeah. They're uh, uh, yeah. Well, obvi- I mean, it's obviously not me. It's Brent. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, took, yeah, you know, I, I don't know how you went about choosing this out of the many, many letters that we get <laughs> every week. Um, I think usually it's it's the staff, right? The staff goes through the mail. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And we do the Dad Lab staff and they choose one letter a week for us to really address out of the many that we get in. That's right. Um, yeah. and I think this if, is if any of them are fitting, if any of them are up to our standards. That's right. That's right. That's and, right. and it just it is just. Kind of, I think the reason the staff chose this one is because of the remarkable parallels to your own yeah. life. <laughs> the, the funny thing about it is, I have no advice for Brent. Yeah. Well. None. Yeah. Well. I well, Ben, what you need to do, I mean, Brent, I'm sorry, is uh, I don't know, maybe attack it like what they tell you to do with a baby. Sleep. Attack a baby. Sleeps. Well, not attack a baby. Whatever. <laughs> Sleep when it sleeps. Ah. And. Puppies are going to nap a lot. Nap when it naps. That way, when it's awake, you can be awake. So did that work with you with your kids? <sighs> not not as an infant. When they were two to three, yeah, absolutely. Because I love afternoon naps. I still take afternoon naps. <laughs> I'm 13 years in, and I'm taking afternoon naps still. I used they to take pictures how... of my kids when they were sleeping. Because, you know, Duncan and Tristan, they... They had these times when they would be like, they would look like they were wrestling in slow motion when they fell asleep because they'd have like arms and legs twisted together and they'd be just sawing logs on the middle of a rug. 
and and they'd be you know pampers up in the air and you know <laughs> just slobber everywhere and it was so cute and i always took a picture and posted it on facebook so i remember seeing some of those pictures yeah. like what did they do did they just knock each other out and fall <laughs> back and uh, i'm not getting up <laughs> it sure seems that way clay can you even remember when your kids were that young well, I can, but I mean, we we also have gone through this puppy thing. Oh, that's right, you did just recently for the yeah, first Brent, time. Listen up, listen up, <laughs> Brent. I feel your pain. Here's the thing: I am a committed non-dog owner. I love dogs; they are fantastic. And you know, I'm 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 going to be celebrating my 25th wedding anniversary soon. I'm a veteran. I've got three grown kids. I know better than having a dog. I just know better. It's just that one extra degree of chaos that's going to break. That's that's it. That's the thing that's going to send us all over the edge. So I've been I've been dedicated and sincere in my opposition to ever owning a dog. I love dogs. Bad idea when you're at like ninety percent capacity, right? <laughs> Because then you're at like 110 and then you're screwed. So I've always opposed having a dog, although I love dogs. And the kids, of course, all through their childhood, begged and begged and begged to have a dog. And, you know, we always had one excuse or another. We travel and the, we can't, there's no room and, you know, it's a small house. Can't. Anyway, we effectively, my wife and I, had a combined wall against dog ownership that lasted for 24 years. Until one day, I am away for business before the pandemic shut that down. Maybe, I think it was like the last business trip before the pandemic shut down all travel. I'm away and our son, who is a unenthusiastic student, got in a conversation again with my wife, who is, by the way, his principal and <laughs> who knows his level of academic achievement quite well gets in a discussion with her again about the dog and 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 he says hey look if i make honor roll i want a corgi named dave my <laughs> my wife chortled knowingly and was like sure bud if you make honor roll you can have a corgi named dave and he wrote out a contract which she meet with me out of town unilaterally signs he takes the contract and it's very clear if if you know cooper makes honor roll for the fall term of my junior year i am entitled to a corgi named dave and he pins that over his desk and guess what we have now <laughs> i was hoping uh, dave would they? pop up on your couch right behind you right yeah now. I, I think he's out for a walk right now probably he's getting his <laughs> evening walk which is usually, of course, and of course, what happened? So the part of the Corgi named Dave contract, I had to, you know, I wasn't part of that negotiation. I came back. I was incredibly upset to see that there was a signed contract that I wasn't <laughs> party to. And, you know, then when it happens, well, then shit, we, I mean, you know, too bad. We got to get a Corgi named Dave. So we have the Corgi named Dave. But before he came home, we had some clear rules about, who was taking care of the dog and that had to be my son so we got a crate we put the crate in his bedroom <laughs> and you know it just happened to coincide with you know we got the dog in february in march everything shut down and it actually ended up being one of the things that got us through the early months of the pandemic was having a puppy at home that everybody could laugh at and and chase and and you know fawn over and we had a lot of hands on deck but it was cooper's job and, and to his credit he was the one who was up in the middle of the night keeping you know with his hand in the crate you know <laughs> he slept on the floor for like the first three weeks that the dog was home cooper slept on the floor with his like face up against the dog crate so the dog <laughs> knew it was there and so i didn't have to do the middle of the night stuff and so you know teenagers are good at sleep deprivation it's like their top <laughs> activity that's true so i would say you know I'm, I'm sorry to hear this is going on for you brent but you evidently have got two teenagers at home 
And I think their sleep is less valuable than yours because they're young. So let them do the nighttime stuff and, and then let them sleep in class because that stuff's not that important. Actually, I just got an update from Brent. Oh, um, you did? Yes, <laughs> you did. It just came That's in great. over over the wire. A quick, uh, got, you um, got a quick DM. Yeah, as a inbound. matter of fact, uh, Brent said that, that he actually made a deal with his son because he's, he's, he's uh, doing some sort of teleconference thing tonight. Yeah. And... And Brent uh, agree- got his son, who just came back from a one day of fifth grade camp, mm-hmm. to uh, let him, if he would stay up and take care of the dog tonight during that teleconference, he wouldn't have to go to school in the morning. <laughs> so it sounds like he took your advice ahead of time. See, I mean, my my advice is so good that it works like preemptively. That's right. <laughs> <It's> like people... <laughs> Like that, that advice is so powerful. It went through the internet. Amazing. A week before the episode was released. That's right. Brent. It's almost this as if power. Brent is this, listening right now. This is the power that's, of Jet Labs. That's what a this devoted fan Brent is. That's that's what a devoted fan is. Is he behind your curtain? He... No, no. You don't want to see what's behind my curtain. Um, We've got a, well. Brent, well, so yeah, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get that so down the road. So, what's his next question? Well, we're going to get to that after we do a segment with your friend Paige. Oh, yep, yep. Well, Nick, you've brought a friend today. Paige is here with us from Playthink. Paige Hankla is the founder of Playthink, and Playthink, as I know it is a i see it as a flow fest festival where lots of flow arts but i know that there is so much more to it than that but that's what i participate in mostly i will let Paige tell her story about it and how it came about and how much more expansive it is than just flow arts so take it away Paige. thank you thank you for that beautiful introduction i want to do a little dive into flow arts and exactly what that means to me. So there is this Russian guy named Miles. I will butcher his last name. I can't even begin. He talks about what flow is. And really flow is the meeting of challenge and ease. And it's, it's a moving meditation. It's where your mind gets into this spot where you can go through the challenging, fun aspect and maybe not remember all of it you know i think of i go back to um being in high school band and you know you train and you train and you train you learn your instrument you learn your notes you learn your steps and then you go at the middle of the football game or whatever and you do your marching band thing and at the end of it you were like oh did we just do that i don't remember the last 10 minutes right and that would be the example of flow and when i started play think i definitely had flow arts in mind but only because i was a hula hoop artist i've been hula hooping for about let's see that was 2012 <laughs> i have to think back <laughs> started in 03 so almost 10 years by then and I had I was done I couldn't find anybody else to teach me to further my skill I was traveling within the region within the nation hula hooping opening for different arts events other musicians and I needed to know more so I was like oh I I ran into some friends who owned a farm and they were like I really want to do events here and I was like all right I'm gonna start a festival I'm gonna bring in some instructors and I'm going to learn how to hula hoop better. And we're going to have a festival at her farm. It'll bring them a little bit of money. Win, win, win. Well, what nobody tells you, you know, when you go to start an event is that you don't actually get to take the classes happening. <laughs> 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 um, I've so been there. To, I've been there. I didn't get to learn anything, right? But I did. I learned a whole host of other things. And I learned how to organize, which is my new flow art. And it's a lot of fun. And that's really how Playthink came to be. You know, it was a slow and steady thing and accidental. This is my child running behind me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the life of a parent. That we, we get it. Mine are walking up, up above me right now. Yeah, and I'm so glad you, you it, it came about the way it did and, and that it finally came about. I found it via my brother, who is a burner, and he had So what's, out, what's a burner? A burner, I'm getting there. A burner is someone who goes to Burning Man on the regular. Ah, like, okay. it, it's almost it. a religion. It's a retreat for them. That it's just. And from what I had known of Burning Man before, 
it was one of those things that I really wanted to go do, but I didn't have kids at the time when I wanted to go do it. And all I wanted to do was go out, toke up, and go windsurfing on a skateboard type thing on the playa in the desert. That's all I wanted to do. I was like, dude, you don't want me to go because that's you're never going to see me. That's all I'm going to do is I'm going to smoke and I'm going to go sailing. See, I just want to build an art car. So. <laughs> right? I I'm mean, there's you. all those things. But yeah. it, it, there's so much more to experience there that I eventually said, no, I'm not going to Burning Man simply because of the stories he would tell. But, you know, the experiences were great. But the whole environment is not nice to humans <laughs> it all says don't come here go away you're not welcome here now i know Paige has been to, to burning man and loves burning man anyway that's how i found it they they were looking for regional burns which is basically people who go to burning man but they want more or more often and so they get together in regions and kind of organize their burning trip and and theme camps and things and somehow i'm not sure exactly how he he found play think as a festival might have been just flow arts or whatever and he said hey we found this festival you got to come with us and i had a six-year-old five-year-old six-year-old at the time how old's yours because you were pregnant okay so six years ago so so i had a six-year-old it was just amazing. I mean, I, I'll tell my story here in a little bit, but I'll let her get into more of the, and that's what, and that's what brought me to that. They were like, Hey, there's flow arts and they were getting into acrobats and acrobatics and things. So they wanted to go to this and learn some of those flow arts, but I will let her get a little more into how much it has grown into yoga and spirituality and art. And still all kinds of flow arts and slacklining and ninja stuff and craziness. So. so I grew up in a family. We went to rendezvous, which were these living history events where thousands and thousands of people went. And they lived in, you know, 1700 style tents for the week. And it was very much a community based thing. Not a flow festival, obviously, but it was still a very community based thing. And then I would go home as a 10, 12, 15 year old. And I'm telling people about these things and they're, they don't understand. They don't really accept. There's a lot <laughs> of judgment. And as you get older, you realize like just how different everybody is and that we really all just want to be accepted. And we really want to be in a space that's, that there's not judgment and even small children. And my, my son came home today and he's like, you know, mom, big kids, they pick on little kids. And that's just like the story that is told over and over again, forever and ever. And I wanted a place before I even had children. I wanted a place that adults, that humans of all ages could go to and be fully accepted and see no judgment. And they could pass a complete stranger and smile and say hi. And to me, because I'd been to Burning Man in 2010, the first play thing was 2012, it really inspired that environment. Rendezvous inspired it from when I was a child and then Burning Man. And my dad took me to Rainbow Gatherings when I was like a preteen. All of these things. I wanted more environments that people could really like tap into who they really were, express it fully and be rewarded for it. And when we can have that starting as a child, I mean, that's massive. So many people can't don't ever get any of that until they're an adult. We can start that as a six year old, an eight year old, a 10 year old, (laughs) whatever. It's amazing. And along that line, my six year old at the time was very clingy he would absolutely not go upstairs to go to the bathroom by himself. He had to be with you at all times in the same room. Didn't have to be sitting right next to you, but he had to be in the same room at the very least. So when I did go there, I looked at all the different things. I'm like, oh yeah, I might try to learn that or whatever. But I I went with absolutely no anticipation of attending any of the workshops. I, I was just going for a camping trip to go take my son with his uncles and go have a family trip. My, my wife did not care to go camping and it was a week off, you know, a, a four days off from me and the kid for her. So it was nice for her, you know, cause you know, it was our first kid and, you know, been right there for six years. <laughs> and so I had totally expected that I would take him around to various things for the kids and, and I would just be with him and it would be an experience for him and try to get him into the outdoors and get into camping. That's not at all what happened. When we got there, it's a, it was a pretty big farm. 
And we walked along. We took about an hour and we walked along all the perimeter of it and said, okay, you can't go past here. This is where first aid is. This is where they, if you get lost or scared or something, this is where you go. And this is where our camp is from here and looked at where camp is from every side and every corner and just walked that around because I knew being out and able to run like that was going to be new to him and scary to him. Or so I thought that was the most time I spent with him that week. <laughs> um, I mean, and, and it was so bizarre and I didn't realize how attached to him I had gotten and how used to him being there. I had gotten, I would be having a conversation like this, sitting at our campsite, leaning back in the chairs, whatever. And I would suddenly get this weird panic attack. Where's the boy? And I would stop and I'd be like, uh, excuse me, I got to find the boy. And I didn't have to go be with him, but I had to lay eyes on him. I had to see him to know that he was safe because I'd never experienced that before. In six years, I hadn't experienced that. He was always right there or, you know, whatever. Sure. So I would get up and I would run to different points where I could see the entire thing until I spotted him. I'm like, okay, there he is. I know where he is. And I'd go back and sit back down and and join back into the conversation. It was such a light switch for him to go from that clingy little kid to this kid that like, oh, I can run over here and look at what's over here and I can run over here and play on these things and I can run over here to the swings and do this and, and at any time. What I get from that, it's a, it's a safe, nurturing environment then. Yes. That yes. makes it real safe for those kids. That's a great yes. story about it too. And, and all of the parents are kind of like, you know, there, there were a couple of times where he fell and he got hurt and someone walked him back to camp said, Hey, he kind of got hurt and he was kind of mad and whatever. And I talked to him and he was like, I, I didn't want to come back to camp, <laughs> <laughs> but she made me. You know, because he was crying and everything. So, you know, she's a parent. So she brought him back to camp. But one of those times he was like, Dad, I don't need you. I'm okay. I just fell (laughs) down and it hurt and it still hurts, but I'm okay. I mean, which was just so crazy to me. And then he went and he was looking at all the vendors and he wanted to buy something for his mom because he's always very empathetic and and very thinking about other people. I was like, okay. So I gave him money and he was, I was like, do you want me to go with you to help pay? He's like, no, I got it. So I kind of spied on him when he did that. I went and I watched him as he went down and he went into each little tent and looked and looked and looked around. And then he went in and he bought something and he had never bought anything. So he comes back with this gorgeous little fan thing for his mom and his money wadded up in his other hand. And he just comes chucking back and he was just so excited. And it was from that point on, he was no longer that clingy little kid. He did not have to be with us 24 seven. It's all because of the play think environment. He didn't really do any of the craft thing. He did a couple of the craft things, but he didn't do any of the flow arts. He didn't do the yoga. He didn't do anything really what I go to play think for, but it just opened up this world just to be out there, to be able to experience these things. So talk about some of the other, the, the spiritual things, the awakenings for other peoples and, and adults. Uh, but for a, for a child, it is absolutely mind altering I wish I could have experienced something like this as a kid. I really do. I feel like our society is set up in such a way that we have predetermined paths for ourselves, predetermined paths for our children. Kind of like you were talking about your child running around. We don't, we're not set up like that, right? We have by six weeks, most of our children are in daycare. They stay in this one little daycare scenario and then they go to elementary school. They might have recess, but they're in this one predetermined area and very rarely do kids, unless they already live on a farm, get to go and run, run amok, and have freedom. <laughs> and if they've never had that freedom, it's scary. And adults are the same way, because if we've never had that freedom, we go from you know daycare to elementary school to middle school to high school to college to grad school to our jobs, whatever path we took. And we also didn't get that freedom. And so the spiritual aspect of playthink in my mind is exactly the same for an adult as it is a kid. It's the first time. It's like a pick your own adventure theme camp where you can be like, I want to figure out what else in my life is a path that I can take. I want to take the steering wheel 
and choose, make the choices in my daily life, what actually brings me joy. And that's a spiritual awakening. When you realize that you actually are like in charge, you can take the wheel and like <laughs> lead your own life, lead your own person to ch- actually choose what you're going to do day in and day out for the rest of your life. Massive. Yes. I'm an it's adult. Massive. I can do this. No one's going mean, to tell me. No, no one's going to tell me no. This is the silliest example, but I'm like, I still do this last week. I really like sausage links, but I've only ever <laughs> bought sausage patties because that's what my family did. And that's what my boyfriend did. And that's what whoever did. <laughs> and so last week I'm at the grocery store and I'm like, I prefer sausage links. Why have I not been buying sausage links? This whole time? I'm a 36-year-old woman. And so I did. And it was delicious. And I will probably always buy them from here on out. <laughs> but it's like, it just took this moment of like, oh yeah, I, I do get to choose. Yeah. And I think that that moment is the spiritual awakening. We can call it, we can do it different ways. You can do the meditation and the healing and we can go into the different paths of how you come into this awakening. But in my mind, the end game is choice. It's freedom. And there is so many different things there that you can wear what you want. You can dance how you want, which is really good for non-dancer white man overbite me um (laughs) you listen to the music that you want you can just sit and watch and and people are doing crazy acrobatics prop manipulations of all kinds and at night the place is an absolute amazing just amazing sight to see with all of the fire that goes on the fire props and and it looks crazy and it looks as a parent, like, you know, kind of scary, but having done it, I know all of the steps that they go through to make it a safe place. They have a program that is geared towards kids, teaching kids how to do fire prop manipulation safely. You can learn fire eating (laughs) and, you know, um, the props that I do, the ultimate goal is to light them on fire at some point. And I've done that a couple of times with the flower sticks. I don't know that I'll ever light a contact staff on fire simply because I've hit myself in the face with a contact staff um, several times. <laughs> I'm going to hold back um, comments on that. Yeah, I mean, that is, it is crazy because it's heavier. And if that end had been on fire, that would be, you know, right in the face. I've never hit myself in the in the face at least not hard with flower sticks. So I feel like I can bounce that flame off. It's no big deal. <laughs> but anyway. Well, so there were comparisons with, with Burning Man, which as I understand is, is organized, you know, into streets and zones, but it's not intentionally in advance in like thematic zones that sort of comes later. Right. Um, but I'll, but I'll is, let... this, is this set up more like a fair where, where there might be, um, different zones for different different things no not really, not really. mainly because of size we okay. do all of the camping on one portion and then all of the festival shenanigans on another portion so okay. you do have to like walk through from your campsite to the main festival grounds to where there are workshops and we have different workshop locations about nine of them if i remember correctly okay and then there's a vendor area that's very predominantly set up in one place um but as far as you know, Burning Man is like, it's very much set up on a clock base where you, the roads are, you know, one, two, three, four right. o'clock. And then in A, B, C, D, until you get to the center, we're not that organized, but we're also, <laughs> you know, 2,000 people versus 70,000. Sure. sure. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it's tiny compared to but, Burning so Man. So are there stages for, for music and, and presentations or, or yep. things like that? Yeah. So we have two stages. And I'm assuming the website has schedules for that. So if somebody wants to take a look at the schedule before they commit, they can can take a look yes. or, or look at past years, maybe? They can look at past years for sure. This this year's schedule is done, and it is off to the graphic designer to be prettified and will be public soon. <laughs> <laughs> and the website is? Playthankfestival.com. So we got we got Clay straightened out. I wanted him to see it a little bit before yeah. um, he gave us some questions. And one of his questions is, 
what would you say to people who call this a rated G Burning Man? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think it's only rated G if you're not looking for it, first of all, which I, you know, I yell at anybody that I see anything going on, right? Right. But also, like, I'm kind of honored all the right? same time. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was going to hope you said is like, um, thanks. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is very family oriented. Just as, as a parent, I've been there. I have not seen anything crazy go on. It is also, you said it's a, it's considered a sober festival where you're, you're not going to get kicked out if you're drinking a beer. If you're falling down drunk at the stage, you might get escorted at the very least back to your camp. And if you're really belligerent, you're going to be out. But that's with any place. So, there's a lot of times that I call it a sober festival, but in reality, it's a belligerence-free festival. It, exactly, exactly, exactly. That's, that's, that's just harder that's to my explain. Um, I exactly. have been, I have been drunk at Playthink. I, I, <laughs> I will drink at Playthink. I will not be drunk at Playthink ever again, <laughs> because that was a very long night for me, alone up on the hill. It was gorgeous because you could see stars, <laughs> but it, yeah, that was, it was rough. Yeah. There's no need to get wasted. There's so much other input there that you, you do not need. Well, to it sounds multi-sensory. So, so it, you yes. don't need, you don't need distractions of that sort of it, thing. Exactly. I want the full effect, but it was still, it was still great to sit and watch, you know, everything, but I'll drink at my campsite. I'm not drinking and going out. I mean, it's just, it's not worth it. Let's talk about the the practical parts of that then. If I think a lot of families are afraid of, of camping. Uh, Nick, you said that this year you might get a hotel room or, or something like that. I know we, we've gone in the first big event that, that I threw, we camped in a tent. And the next thing we did that next Monday afterwards, we bought a camper <laughs> because with air conditioning. And so, because uh, she said, there's no way we're doing this again. When you commit to camping, let's say, what food options? Are there food vendors so that so you don't have to truck in all your all your meat and potatoes and, and cook, spend all your day cooking? So you can definitely bring your own. You can bring your own cooler, bring anything that you want to have at the event. But we do have food vendors. We have five food vendors. There is um, the Rooster's Whistle, which has coffee. We have... Oh, let's see. The Holy Crepe, which is all things crepe, savory and sweet. We have, so not going to remember everything right now, but we do have a variety of food vendors. We have something called the Festi Bowl, which are like rice and beans. And we have um, Fistful of Tacos, which are all kinds of different tacos. Really interesting mix of food that you really you can eat at from, from morning to night for your entire your entire stay. And I will say as an as attendee that the, the food selection is great. Just about everybody except the really picky kids is going to find something. All right. So that's that's the basics. That's that's the, the human parts. So the, the other part is uh, admission. So so you pay your your uh, registration fee. Does that get you? Is that all inclusive of all the programs or do you need to add on extra uh, workshops and things? One ticket, all inclusive. Excellent. Your food is still by from the vendors but right. your correct the event itself all of the workshops you can go to every workshop that you want to that's great all the music all the art galleries all the workshops all of the activities are included there is a vendor market and a food market of course but other side otherwise we talked about a website you've got i'm gonna assume social media things do you want to plug those a little bit do you have youtube channel and that sort of yeah. stuff yeah we don't have a YouTube, but we do have a Facebook and an Instagram, and both of them are at PlaythinkFest. And I'm sure there's lots of lots of uh, participants post videos that relate to it. So, so everybody who wants to, to pay attention to that can can take a look. Now let's let's go beyond that. So getting there, let's say somebody's from uh, Saskatchewan or or you know even further out, Austin, Texas. What if uh, what if they want to go to this? Is there is there a nearby airport they would go to? Is there an Amtrak station? Is there a Pony Express sort of thing? I mean, it's 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 near Lexington, so there've got to be horses. 
We <laughs> there are two local airports, Lexington and Louisville, and by local I mean you know like an hour away. And from there, we have a PlayThink Rideshare Facebook group that lots of oh, people wow. go in and they figure out rideshares. Um, I've not seen anybody come in on a horse, but I have seen people come <laughs> in on go-karts and golf carts and four-wheelers. <laughs> so I'm sure where there's a will, there's a way. So horses this year. Somebody's got to do it. And okay. let's see. And other other things in the area. What, what other uh, attractions are there to see if uh, a lot of people want to make like a bigger – I'm assuming this is like a weekend, an extended weekend – so what other things are in the area that a family might vacation to? I would hit up Lexington. So I lived in Lexington for 12, 13 years. And I'm Harrodsburg is new to me in reality. So Playthink was in Harrodsburg the first time in 2019, uh, which would be year off in 2020 for obvious reasons. Yeah. And Harrodsburg is still, there's not a whole lot there. It's a sleepy town, but Lexington and Louisville, only an hour away or bigger city, there's kids museums there's restaurants there's oh, all the murals in lexington really get me i like to just walk around the city and do murals i'm a very low-key minimalist like parent i want to hit <laughs> the hiking spots i want to hit raven run near berea i want to hear uh i want to hit up mcconnell springs in lexington i want to hit up the very outdoor things not everybody's like me right Louisville has, you know, Churchill Downs. We have a couple of, three or four pretty nice museums. We talked about that a couple episodes ago. Kentucky Kingdom. So there's there's lots to do here. We have baseball. We have soccer. Um, So there are a lot of things to do in Louisville. I don't think I would want to commute to Playthink on a daily basis while staying in Louisville or Lexington. I'd want to stay a little closer. But you could fly in, you know, if you do, if you were taking a week vacation, you could take Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, stay in the city and then go closer to or go directly to. And camp. Well, and I, I'm sure Lexington and Louisville both have uh, camper rentals. So, oh, yeah, I'm sure there are ways and there are RV spots where you can plug up to water and electric. They're, those are limited. We only have eight yeah. of hookups. For 2,000 people. For ho- so they sell out. Wow. They well, sell out within the first day. Yeah, for hookups. But you could still drive your camper there to a normal camping spot, a dry camping spot, if you will. And, right. and bring a generator. Yeah, bring a generator. But All right. I don't know if your camp neighbors would appreciate a generator, but they might because they can plug in and charge everything. But you got to hammer <laughs> that out with everybody. All right. So, so. Well, Paige, it was, it was great getting to hear about this. So I want to give you one more chance to tell us the website and what are the dates? We haven't actually talked about the dates for it this year. The website is play, think play, you know, have some fun. Think with your mind festival.com. The dates are June 17th to the 21st. It's kind of different. We open up on a Wednesday night. So you're bright, bright eyed and busy tail. That's father's day weekend. If I remember right, it is always on father's day weekend. Ah, there you go. Yep. Always on father's day weekend. And, um, on a different note, right now we're having a Mother's Day sale. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much. And thank uh, you. Oh, I'm sure we'll talk to you about some other stuff here in the future. So I look forward to it. It was such a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you, Paige. All right, guys. It's uh, Brent has his second question he sent us. This is from that first thing, so we may get an update on this one too, but but I suspect we won't. Uh, he says, hey, Dad Labs, it's Brent again. Uh, remember, he's the guy near Canada. Another thing, our dishwasher broke. It, like, flooded the kitchen sort of thing. We're probably going to be without one for a while. My kids, those tween and teen boys, are really at each other when they need to work together on washing dishes by hand. My wife has suggested that we step in and do them ourselves so you know things are desperate. That is, after all, why we have kids. Thanks, guys. Longtime listener, um, Brent. <laughs> uh, well, there's only, there's only a, a, a few of you in your family, Ben. I mean, I mean Brent. So I, I, we do a lot. We make a lot of dishes could you not just let one of them do them and trade off so that they're not working together that they're it's your turn to do the dishes it's your turn to do the dishes and maybe you and deborah i mean sorry brent and his wife 
take. Well, I think the issue Brent has is that, you know, when you do dishes by yourself, you you end up needing a lot more space on the countertop and stuff, right? It takes forever. It really takes a lot longer. When you have a dishwasher, you just load them into the dishwasher. And I know with my kids, I I don't know about Brent, but my kids, when they load the dishwasher, one loads it and one, uh, and then, uh, or one puts away and then the other one loads and the one that loads, then the next day he puts away. So they're putting away what they loaded. Right. Now I'll tell you that there's a, there's a problem with that strategy. And that is that they will not fill the dishwasher to optimum storage level and leave stuff for their brother to put in the next day so that they have less to put away the next day. So they, they do less work filling the dishwasher. They do less work emptying the dishwasher. They figure that part out and they get somebody else to do the other part. And so they're, they're really going for, and I I assume Brent's kids are the same way. I mean, you know, why wouldn't they? More than likely. I mean, everything else is so parallel. That's right. That's right. I feel like he's my brother from my mother. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, well, they don't seem to understand, my kids don't understand, that if they work together, they can make this happen quickly, right? You can you can dry a dish, put it away, dry a dish, put it away, instead of having it, you know, wash a bunch of dishes, put them in the rinse sink, and then dry each of those dishes independently, and then start the process over again, right? Because you just repeat, you know, the, the whole process in repeat. I'm, I'm a Henry Ford fan. We'd like assembly lines here in Detroit. Right. So we want we want people doing their job and passing it on to the person that does the next job. Well, your Brent's kids are old enough to you can talk to them and explain things. They have a longer attention span than a goldfish a little bit. But and just I would just explain that to them. Look, if you work together, you're going to get this done in half an hour. If you guys constantly fight and don't work together and we're going to have to go to Today is your day to wash the dishes. Tomorrow is your day to wash the dishes. And you are, it's going to be potluck, you know, a roll of the dice, whether who has lasagna day versus sandwich day dishes to do. And it's going to take you an hour each to do them each time. So it's up to you guys. You can fight and we go to one person doing them and you're going to take, it's going to take a lot longer out of each of your days, each time it's your turn. Or you can work together and it take you half as long and it's not a big deal. And everybody gets the same amount of, you know, crappy day dishes versus, you know, lasagna day versus sandwich day or whatever. So that just, they're old enough to understand that and make, and let put it on them. Don't even like, look, your all's decision. You guys can't get along, can't long enough to do the dishes. Then you're going to spend a lot more time doing dishes. Here, Here's the thing, Brent. This is very simple. You've got a broken dishwasher. Call maintenance. <laughs> what? I mean, why don't you just call maintenance and they come and they fix the dishwasher? I don't know what. The... Come on, Brent. Homeowner. What? He's a homeowner. Yep. You don't just call maintenance when you've got something that's broken and they just come and fix it? Well, we call them repair guys. They're not necessarily maintenance. We don't always call the same people. Oh, oh, but the repair guys come and they do it for free, right? They just come and they fix no, it. And, no. No? They're, they're, it's usually $75 for them just to walk in the door. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that changes my advice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, have different, I now have a different perspective. I'm yes. So I'm so useless on any of this kind of homeowner stuff because I've just never... I've I love it, dude. Any of it. It's like, this so crazy... have, your, have your kids had chores that they had to do cooperatively though? No, no. My, I, I will tell you this. It's, it's probably a great failing in my parenting life is that I felt like my kid's job was to do good in school and go to practice and like do your, if you're doing your work and if you're, you know, taking care of your sports commitments, like that's your job. And my job is a little bit like pit crew. Now, I don't <laughs> think that's smart. I wish that we had asked more of them because my, my, all my kids, they're just such slobs. And the military took care of my oldest one. My daughter kind of figured it out for herself. My youngest one is just a hopeless slob. Oh my God, his room is just shocking. 
but he's not but, out of high school yet, so maybe that'll change. Yeah, maybe it'll fix itself once they, they get... But really, my feeling was, your job is this, you know, at school, at sports, it's doing, you know, managing all of that. My job is to, you know, make sure that the dishes are in the dishwasher. And so we, we just weren't good about that. It was, and, and, and probably it means, you know, my oldest son leaves stuff around and just leaves, you know, stuff out. And it's like, why wouldn't he? Because I always come along and pick it up. I, I you know, up. Clay, I'm going to adopt that particular philosophy simply because it applies well, because we haven't done, done well with ours either. And not because of that philosophy. <laughs> um, we've just been bad at it. Um, now he helps. So you've got a philosophy that just happens to coexist with. His right. Lack it works. Of that works best. Look, That's you don't right. have to do these things. You just got to get better in school. That's you right. got to do your, and, and maybe that that'll help, but the boy does not always take initiative on chores and um, particularly dog chores. But with the dog, he never refuses. You know, he if I say, dude, take the dog out. Can't you hear him whining? Take the dog out. He gets up and he takes the dog out right away. He, al- he always does do that. And here lately, if we ask him to do something, bring us your laundry, bring us your dishes, empty the dishwasher. We usually don't let him load the dishwasher just because we do all the pre-washing and all that crap. But he generally does do them. His room is also very shocking. I thought you were going to say something else, and his room is shit. It is. It makes me crazy. <laughs> I have already told him, dude, I'm never coming to your first place because it, it will just be. Well, I'll tell you, the dog, um, getting the threat of getting a dog for us um, got their rooms clean, lickety split. Because, you know, you say, you know, a dog's going to choke on that. <laughs> right? Oh, that's smart. I mean, that's, that's smart, yeah. That's one of the reasons, you know, our, our dog is a COVID baby. Uh, we got him last summer because we weren't going to be traveling. That, you know, So we're like, yeah, okay, now we're all going to be home. Let's get the dog. And we got the dog and the dog lives in the back room for the most part. If he does both things outside, he gets to run around in the house for about half an hour to an hour, depending on who's home and who's doing stuff and who's eating or not eating or whatever. But for the most part right now, he still lives there because he, I think he's figuring it out. He's got to be outside to go to the bathroom. But for the longest time, if we let him out or whatever, he'd just get off the couch and go pee in the middle of the living room. Like, I can't handle that. That's one thing with a dog. I I totally feel you, Clay. I'm not letting the dog run around the house and then finding poop. No, 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 not cool. So he lives in a very, he lives a very sheltered life. He doesn't live in his, just in his cage, but. It, that's still his safe space. He still goes back there when he gets in trouble or whatever. So, or even, I mean, he does, he's doing awesome. Okay. So we've, we've, we've invoked the dog. So that's the yes. dog rule. So Clay, you've got Dave, a Corgi. Mm. Nick? A Corgi named Dave. Love it. Nick, what, what's your dog? Um, he is a wired hair terrier. His name is Tico. His full name is Tico Hector Juan Samuel Torres after Bon Jovi's drummer. <laughs> and we have Punchki, which Punchki. Uh, I saw you. I, I saw it, it is, written. Punchki is a black labradoodle with a with a white star on her chest. She is. Uh, she she looks like the uh, the opposite on a color wheel of Falcor from the Neverending <laughs> Story. And in fact, today uh, today when I walked her down the street, she likes to jump up on the curb. She's she's at right about nine pounds right now. Yeah, she's tiny. Well, she was five pounds when we got her, so uh, just a few days ago. So, so she'll jump up on the curb and then fly off the curb, and those big floppy ears go <laughs> whistling there, and and her fur on her face goes flying back, and she's got hair like uh, like the Golden Girls um, on, <laughs> on top of her head. So she's got that bouffant going. She's got she's a great dog, but uh, yeah, we're we're getting through there. I mean, yeah, Brent, we 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 sympathize. So <laughs> right. Absolutely. The, the, the dog was a, a long time battle for us too. It was like, no, we're not getting a dog. No, we're not getting a dog. Well, see, we got, have a, got we, you a cat. My, my cousins, I've got, I've got a, a group of cousins that grew up in Arizona that had a rule that they publicized for our families. And that was that, that every cat that you have means, I think it's five years without that you can't have kids. And 
a dog was seven years without kids. So you had to, the dog had to be seven years before you could have a kid, and the cat had to be five years before you could have a kid. It was part of their rule to either not have uh, not have pets, not have girlfriends that wanted pets, or not have not have kids oh, too early. Not have kids. I think it started as a joke, but but I, I sort of adopted that. I didn't want to have too many pets all at once while we had kids. So that of I, course didn't was, work, I, but it's all right. But I I think having a pet, particularly a cat and dog, uh, are rites of passage of children. I agree. I don't. I don't like the idea of having you know having a dog that's that's really old when your child is very young, and having them experience that loss when they are really young. I think that really sucks as a kid. I experienced that several times. But having an animal in the house, it's standard procedure for me. I, I'm I'm a cat person. I love dogs. Hey, um, Nick, I you know I have enormous respect for you, but I completely disagree. <laughs> you don't need an animal. It's like we're all barely getting by. It's like <laughs> you we can barely handle the shit that we've got. And you want to bring an animal into the house that's gonna shit everywhere and keep everybody up on that. I won this argument easily for 24 years and we and and we're almost there we're almost i i'm like 16 months away from having no kids and now we have a dog for 14 years but, but it's dave 14 years but it's a corgi named dave he's adorable <laughs> i love him but I was going to be completely free and clear. <laughs> Can I tell you, I'm trying to arrange the family, our annual family trip to New England. Oh, now you, you have to drive, don't you? What it's like right now to try and get a dog. Like the airlines are not doing this right now. You can send a dog, but you've got to ship it as freight. They, you can't bring it on as a emotional support that's gone you can't check it that's gone you, you know it's either got to be the thing that fits under the seat which he's just a little bit too big for or you've got to ship it like a sack of potatoes and, <laughs> and let me tell you what they're charging you for that it is bonkers and i won't even there's not even time it's it's this would go on this this rant could go on for literally hours now, about, about the craziness of trying to transport a pet. You're, right you said you're 18 months away from not having kids in the house. It's your youngest. It's his dog, right? So when he moves out, can he not take the dog with him? Oh, you can't have a dog. You can't have a dog with you if you're like a freshman in college. It's like they don't. It doesn't really work that way. They're in a if, dorm. And if you live on, if you live on campus, yes, that's true. Um, yeah, it's not. But Maybe, you live on campus. You have a dog. My daughter will have graduated uh, college. She'll, she'll graduate in 2023. And my graduation gift may be... Dave. A Dave Clark. named Corgi. Dave. A Corgi named Dave. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> that would be awesome. Put a little bow on him. <laughs> hey! Congratulations! It's like a housewarming present. <laughs> Well, that's a excellent. Shit, a, a shit machine. <laughs> that's awesome. Big thanks to Paige Henkla for sharing the Play Think Festival with us. And as always, big thanks to the Nichols and the Dawson families. We can't do this without your dads, so thanks. Ask Dad Labs is produced and edited by me, Ben Fote, and the Fote Media Productions, LLC. Like, follow, subscribe, and share across the social media landscape wherever you find Dad Labs. Talk to you next time.